We are concluding this series, 23 and Me, tonight, over the month of January. We have been studying the entirety of the third chapter of the 20th book of the Bible, Proverbs 23. And we have covered a lot of ground. Uh, after tonight, we will have read the entire third chapter. Uh, and so far, uh, we've talked about faithfulness. We've talked about trusting God, leaning not on our own understanding, that famous verse. We talked about generosity and how God calls us to give not our last, but our first fruits. Uh, and then last week, uh, I walked y'all through 14 different spiritual disciplines, which I recognize is a lot. Uh, but thank you for going along with it. Hopefully you found one, or, or maybe you've tried one this week. I'd love to hear your stories if, you, if you're willing to share that. But uh, appropriately, we are finishing this wonderful chapter of wisdom literature with the topic of wisdom itself. So if you have your Bibles, I want us to, to go ahead and jump straight into our text tonight. Uh, Proverbs 3, of course, verses 13 through 24. Obviously, we'll have it up here on the screen. And this is what it says. This is Solomon's poem. He says, happy are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding. For her income is better than silver and her revenue better than gold. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called happy. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My child, do not let these things escape from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and prudence and they will be life to your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Okay, so Solomon writes in our scripture about Lady Wisdom. How beneficial it is to find her and to know her. And this, this female personification of wisdom is not unique to chapter 3. This is a very, very common theme in Proverbs. We see this throughout the entirety of the book. Uh, and so I think it, it begs the question, Why? Why does Solomon talk about wisdom this way? Why does he describe, uh, describe it as if it's a person, a female? Uh, well, one theory is that in Hebrew, wisdom is a grammatically feminine noun, and so Solomon just was kind of being a wordsmith. He was being clever. Uh, and that's probably part of it. But I don't think that fully explains it. I think Solomon personifies wisdom because wisdom is something that is sort of ill-defined. It can't be easily pinned down. It's, it's much like a person. Wisdom is something we develop over time. We form wisdom in the same way that we form relationships, intentionally and slowly. It's not just a bunch of things we learn. It's not a bunch of information we compile. And that's one of the first things that, that, that we need to understand about wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom are entirely different things. But often we have a tendency to conflate the two. We think the wisest person in the room is the one with the most education, the most degrees, or with uh, the most impressive job title. But that's not always the case. Some of you are probably thinking of your bosses right now. But 
But it's true, knowledge and wisdom are, are different. Let me show you. This is Pastor Todd rubbing off on me. Although he formats his charts better, but, uh, but here's a little chart that may help. Knowledge is associated with the mind. It's organized information that we amass. It looks at the world and it just gathers what it sees. An academic approach, it's concerned with nothing but, but facts and data. And that's why knowledge is something that we can obtain, it's learned. But wisdom is, is different. Wisdom comes from the soul. It still looks at the world and it still gathers what it sees, but it goes beyond just the facts and data. It comes in situations with a holistic spiritual approach. And wisdom isn't something we can learn overnight. Wisdom is developed over a lifetime. It demands successes and it demands failures. It requires experience. Wisdom and knowledge are different things. I first really learned uh, the distinction between the two my first year of seminary at SMU. Uh, I was taking a Christian history uh, course with Dr. Ted Campbell. This is, this is Dr. Campbell. He was the man. This was one of my favorite courses that I got to take in seminary. Uh, but one of our first classes, he made us go around and we had to do the thing where you like say your name and your favorite color and what you do for work and all that stuff, which is, you can, as you can tell, is not my favorite thing. But we were going around and some of the students were like me. They were fresh out of undergrad and uh, uh, they were just jumping straight into their masters. But many of those people in my class were second career. And so some were currently working in ministry, some were kind of transitioning toward ministry. Well, anyway, we were going around and it got to be this one guy's turn. And he was sitting in the back and he had a notepad out. He was probably maybe mid 50s. And he was dressed impeccably well. He had an amazing suit on. I was very jealous. And he shared about himself, and he said that he was an orthopedic surgeon in Dallas. Well, come to find out, this guy was one of the top surgeons in the country at this one particular surgery, this highly respected individual. And he had supposedly operated on huge celebrities like Lady Gaga, which I think I just violated HIPAA by telling you that. Anyway, don't tell. Streamed, I guess. Anyway, uh, well, I, I had heard all this through the grapevine, and my first thought when I'm hearing about this guy was like, what is he doing here? Why is he spending every Tuesday and Thursday with me, listening to long lectures, taking notes, preparing for tests and writing papers? Why would anyone do that? It did not make sense to me. And apparently I wasn't alone in that, because one of my friends, uh, during a, a coffee break, during a class, he was grabbing a cup of coffee and so was this man and, and he just came right out and asked him. He said, I've got to know, what are you doing in this class? Why are you getting a master's level theological education? And, and my buddy Ross told me his response and it has stuck with me for years now. This is what he said. He said, I've spent a, an entire career learning how the body works and how to heal it, but I never learned how to do that with someone's soul. So wise, this man, this distinguished doctor understood the difference between knowledge and wisdom. He had plenty of knowledge, uh, but what he was seeking was something deeper. He was seeking wisdom, lady wisdom, something more. And that's exactly what Solomon is urging us toward in our scripture. He calls us not to find knowledge, but to find lady wisdom. 
to seek her out the way that this doctor did, to get to know her. And in doing so, our scripture says that we will find life for our souls. That we'll find something better than silver or gold or any riches. We find joy and fearlessness and rest and peace. Solomon makes all these these huge claims about the amazing things that we find when we find Lady Wisdom. And so the obvious question we're left with tonight is, how do we find her? Where do we seek her out? How do we grow in wisdom the way that Solomon calls us to? And I think we start answering that question by looking at Solomon himself. Where did he find it? Um, We talked about this earlier in the series, but you remember there's a moment in Scripture when God is very happy with Solomon. And he goes to Solomon and he says, I'll give you anything you want. You name it, you got it. And of all the things that this this king could have asked for, more riches, more power, more whatever, he says, I'd like a discerning heart. He asks for wisdom. And so it's true, we find wisdom by asking God for it. And we do that through prayer, we do that through, through reading and studying the scriptures, all of that is true. But also as I thought about it this week, And as I did my research, I I saw that that's not the only place that Solomon found wisdom. He also found it regularly in mentors. And that's what I want us to talk about with the rest of our time. The power of finding a mentor who can help us seek lady wisdom and find all of those amazing things that Solomon writes about in our scripture. Find a mentor. King Solomon had a mentor in his father, King David. There are several scriptures where where David is instructing Solomon, kind of coaching him up. Um, But I want to show you one from 1 Chronicles. This is toward the end of of David's rule in his life, and he knows that soon his son Solomon is going to rule, and that it will be his responsibility to build the temple. And this is what David says. He says, And you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father, Serve him with a single mind and a willing heart. For the Lord searches every mind and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. We find Lady Wisdom by seeking her in others. I believe that all of us should have someone who is pouring into us. Someone who is walking with us. Especially when times get hard. Uh, I love the story of this picture. I've been waiting to use this picture in a sermon for so long, just, just <laughs> to be honest. Uh, this photo won the 1962 Pulitzer Prize for photography. And in this photo, you see John F. Kennedy there on the left, and on the right is former President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Uh, JFK invited Eisenhower to Camp David, the presidential retreat in Maryland, and, uh, and they just talked. See, in the aftermath of the failed April 1961 Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba, JFK found himself struggling. His presidency hadn't been anything like he thought it would be. Uh, Still to this day, the Bay of Pigs is known as one of the worst foreign policy failures in American history. And so in the wake of this, Kennedy sought the counsel and mentorship of his predecessor, Dwight Eisenhower. And so they went and they walked and they talked and 
Eisenhower records uh, some of the content of their conversations, but for the most part, the details of, of what they talked about that day remain unknown. This photo uh, was later published in Time Magazine, and the caption was, the young president learning. And I love that. And I love this photo. I love it partially because it speaks to a civility that we once seemed to have in politics that long gone now. But, uh, but also because Kennedy does something exceptionally brave here. He was the president, but he was lost. And he was struggling. And so he sought out Lady Wisdom through the mentorship of a predecessor. A predecessor who, by the way, was from the totally opposite political party. A man who was more than 30 years his senior, a totally different generation. But Kennedy knew that in doing so, it would make him a better president. And you know what? The same is true for us in our faith journeys. When we seek out wisdom in others, biblically rooted wisdom, then our scripture lesson comes true. We find something more valuable than silver and gold. But it takes a willingness to put ourselves out there, to be vulnerable, to say, I don't have it all figured out. And that may be one of the hardest parts. I really struggled with that early on in my ministry. Um, during my initial set of commissioning interviews, which is one of the first big hurdles that you have to cross before ordination in the UMC, you do your commissioning interviews, then two years of residency, and then ordination interviews. Actually, Emory is up for commissioning interviews this year, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, but <laughs> this story might scare you, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was getting my commissioning interviews and I turned in all my hundred pages of theological paperwork and I got through a bunch of my interviews and things were going great until I got to this one guy and he just grilled me. All of my other interviews up to that point, the other dozen pastors I talked to seemed to like me, but this guy did not. Uh, he gave me a really hard time. Anyway, I went on and I, I ended up passing commissioning, uh, obviously. And they made him my residency mentor. <laughs> which meant that for two years, I had to drive down to his church, which was over an hour and a half away, and just do whatever he wanted to do, talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. And I had to do this a minimum of a dozen times. And I was really, really dreading this. <laughs> was not looking forward to this. And so uh, I drove down, and after the first couple of meetings, I realized that even though we were very, very different people, he had so much wisdom to offer. And by the end of those 12 sessions, we got kind of weirdly tight. And I would look forward to going and talking to him and I would bring whatever stress or whatever ministry problem I was, I was having and we would talk about it. And honestly, he would give me advice that sometimes I took and worked really well, and sometimes I didn't take. But, but the point is, that experience really crystallized something for me. If we're going to really do this following Jesus thing, mentorship is a part of that. It's a huge part of it. It humbles us. And, and it, it grows us, and it invites us into to relationships. Solomon, 
had David. And then if you look in the New Testament, Timothy had Paul. And the disciples had Jesus himself. Who do you have? Who's walking with you, helping you form a relationship with Lady Wisdom and with Jesus? Because I really do mean it. I, old or young, all of us need somebody. And at the same time, we all need to be that somebody. So also, who are you mentoring? Who have you introduced Lady Wisdom to? Because in the same way that we're called to find mentors, we're also called to be mentors. That is exactly what Solomon's been doing for us this entire month as we've walked through chapter three of Proverbs. He's been mentoring us, he's been offering us wisdom. That's why he wrote this strange little book of the Bible, so that people might know Lady Wisdom just a little bit better. And I think his calling is our calling. We are called to go and do likewise, to share the things that we've learned. And that can be an intimidating prospect. Uh, ironically, I was asked this year to be a mentor for a group of, of Methodist pastors who are also going through the ordination process. And the conference reached out to me and they asked me if I would do this and I said, absolutely not. No way. Uh, I mean, instinctually. Uh, all of the people that they, they gave me three uh, mentees and all of them were older than me. And so I felt, frankly, insecure. I wondered what could I possibly offer to, to these people. And I was telling a buddy about this, about how I turned it down and, and he was trying to convince me to, to do it. And, uh, and, and he said something really wise to me. He said, Sam, you don't need to be anything other than you. Just tell them what you've learned in ministry and that'll be plenty. And so after talking to him, I begrudgingly called the conference and said, I'll, I'll do it. And, and you know what? It's actually been a great experience so far. And look, I, I don't know it all. I am a big time work in progress. But you know what? I have something to offer. All of us have something to offer. So if the idea of being a mentor to someone intimidates you, if you feel like you don't know Lady Wisdom well enough yourself to, to introduce her uh, to somebody else, I would urge you to reconsider that. Don't compare yourself to others the way that I did because it's as simple as what my buddy said. You don't need to be, you don't have to be anything but you. Tell them what you've learned, that's enough. Tell them where you've seen God. Tell them where you are in your walk with the Lord. Tell them how you've seen him move this week or this month or, or this life. And then just listen. Really open up and, and, and create relationship. Because when we do that, it can have a profound lasting impact on the people around us. I got a firsthand glimpse at, at that yesterday. Um, some of you may know that Riley Middleton passed away earlier this month. Uh, Riley was a very active member of our Saturday night community. He was here every week. He was the really tall man in the cowboy hat. He always came rocking a cowboy hat and a big old smile. Great, great man. Uh, but I got the honor of officiating Riley's memorial service yesterday. And it was a, a really powerful experience. But 
One of the great things about Riley was his passion for mentoring people. He mentored people in the cattle industry, and he also just walked with people, supported people, loved on people, shared his wisdom with people. Uh, after the service yesterday, I got to talk to this one young man about how Riley had been walking with him through some pretty significant health problems that he'd been having. And while we were talking, he told me that what he admired most was that Riley just wore his faith on his sleeve. He was just honest. That, that everybody knew Riley followed Jesus. You know what? Riley understood our scripture. And he knew Lady Wisdom. He was a mentor. And so I think we ought to follow his lead because we all have something to offer. And we also all have something to gain. And when we allow ourselves to find Lady Wisdom, to develop a relationship with her, and when we help others to develop their relationship with her, it is exactly what Solomon says. It will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid and when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, help us to be a little more like Riley, a little more like JFK. Help us to find mentors and help us to be mentors. Help us to pursue wisdom in all its forms and in all its places. God, maybe that wisdom isn't gonna make us wealthy with real silver and gold. Maybe that wisdom is learning that, that we don't need the silver and gold that we can be content with less. But God, help us, grow us, develop us, help us to find those relationships, people who will be honest with us, who won't sugarcoat things, people who are willing to talk about their failures and their successes, and at the same time, help us to be those people, to be vulnerable, not to try and put some mask on and pretend like we've got it all figured out, God, maybe some of these relationships are in this room. Maybe we don't know it yet. God, we leave that to your Holy Spirit. That's your work. Help us to just be faithful in whatever you call us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.